Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Paul and Jolene. And today we're talking about kids in gaming. Yes. And then kids become teens in gaming and then adults in gaming, hopefully. Yes. So I'm going to go back to my humble childhood. <laughs> well, before you do that, we have done a couple episodes talking about, well, we always talk about our kids or our kid and our friend's kids and our nephews and all kinds of people's kids. But somebody asked me at the latest convention, suggested that we do an episode on kids in gaming and right. how it's important to get kids to to play games, especially if they're your kids, so that you can help them to develop in different ways, right? It helps them to, there's lots of things that helps them to develop. So we thought we'd just talk about that. We've talked about it a couple different ways in other podcasts, and I don't yeah. remember which ones, but I know we talked about psychology. Right. And so if we go over some things we've already talked about, please uh, just... Bear with us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So I will say that I started gaming when I was a kid, right? I, almost everybody plays games. Candyland is is actually the very first board game that I remember playing. Uh, it was obviously a long time ago. And I started playing role-playing games when I was 11 because my brother was talking about it when he was in high school. And that was Dungeons & Dragons. And I wanted to play. I wanted because he described it to me. I was into, like, uh, fantasy kind of stuff. You know, everybody... It was after uh, Star Wars had come out, and I remember being in the backyard with my friends, pretending we were Luke Skywalker with lightsabers with sticks in our hands and having duels and stuff. So kids play games anyway. Now, whether you want to use, uh, whether you want them to play role-playing games and board games like the hobby, uh, like the hobby has now, you know that's up to you. But I think there's some positive aspects when you have uh, children uh, playing games you know especially with the family and i and we we've talked about it before but i think it's good to reiterate some of the stuff that we've learned since our son has is now an adult legally supposedly and uh and he actually this last convention he could have stayed home and done other things but he actually wanted to go to the convention with us and play games with us and other people that he meets at conventions. So along with that aspect of, uh, of having a loft line, loft, long life hobby of playing games, there are other things that as a, as a child and as a kid and as a teen, when you're playing games, whether role-playing games or board games, that there's skills that you develop. And I think that's an important thing that some people may not realize. Well, yeah. Kathy and I were talking about this just yesterday oh. because we were together and we were talking, the boys were playing actually DDO online, Dungeons, yeah, Dungeons Dragons, Dragons online. On and they were playing with uh, Felipe and Don. And I think Mike was even on there briefly, briefly, but I don't know if you ever found them in the tavern where they were or. I don't know. He had to go take his kid to the And Kathy goes, see, we must've done something right. They're playing with the, with uh, our friends online and they're both 18 and they're like okay we're gonna make characters and they were talking we're gonna make characters so that we can play with the guys and they're not gonna because we they usually mini max everything right there go we're just gonna make a regular character so they don't think that you know we're we're trying to yeah overpowered and then they're helping them make characters which is kind of funny <laughs> so now the kids that were sitting on our laps when 
they were little wanting to play with the big boys. Now they are playing with them and they're helping them make their characters online. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so, so that's one aspect, right? That I never even thought I didn't, I didn't wasn't there for that conversation. I must have stepped out, but I, you're right. That's what, what does that say? You know, when you have when you have your kids playing with their uncle uncles well, some people would say we ruined our children <laughs> yes but but i think if you look at it very uh try to look at it objectively right you know what gaming the hobby gaming industry does for kids and or children is is pretty important i think there's a there's some lessons that we can learn their skills that they can that they uh pick up pick up and they hone from playing from playing games well, a couple of the things that Kathy and I've always said, and you and I've talked about this before, the boys playing role-playing games not only taught them morals, because you started out with the troll that, you know, was like, you know, big and ugly, but he, maybe you didn't want to kill him because you might need to help him, right? Right. Or he wasn't really uh, evil. He was just lonely kind of thing. Yeah. So you, you can teach kids morals that you want them to know but when they're starting school and as they're grow going through school there's a lot of things that kids deal with especially other kids at school who right. they may or may not like they may get along with it some kids might try to bully them or different things like that well role-playing games give them a, a chance to to learn all that kind of stuff in a friendly place and to be able to explore their imaginations and they see, and I was telling Saul, one, one of the things that I think is good about role playing is whether you're a kid or an adult, you can come up with crazy ideas, right? And you can sh share them with the group and maybe your friends are going to ridicule you about it that, well, that would be crazy, but maybe one of them's going to go, oh, that's a great idea. Let's try it. Right? right. So you can, and you can do it in a safe place where you know all the people so if they do say oh well, that's crazy you know that kind of thing you're not going to feel bad about it right i think yeah i hadn't thought about that i think you said that a long time ago but i haven't thought about it. i didn't put it on my list of things of skills that that uh that playing games does now th this is for both role-playing games and board games yeah we play both uh, so i have a list of skills that it hones is critical thinking right you know every anytime whether it's a role-playing game or a board game well, maybe not the way I play board games because I just play from the gut, as I say. But some people actually think about what moves to make. And, oh. and, uh, and, and there's different types of games and some are more critical thinking than others. There's, there's Ticket to Ride. There's not a lot of critical thinking. Then there's something like... Uh, Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep. Or even more complicated, something from like... On a Galaxy distant, Truckers. On a, on a distant plane, you know, something that's a little bit more wargamey-ish. So critical thinking, you know, Thinking about what the cause and effect of things are, and oh. if you do certain moves, what's going to happen, the cause and effect, and all these other things that happen. And sometimes, you know, critical thinking isn't really taught in schools. I mean, unless you go to college, college and if you take that class. So I think, I think board games do represent, and role-playing games represent situations where you, you wouldn't be in a normal, wouldn't be in, in a normal life. Uh, you know, uh, being assaulted by five orcs or or being in sieged by an army or whatever it is makes you think a certain way. And this usually it makes may, you think yeah. outside the normal realms of what 
day-to-day stuff does but sometimes it does happen that you need those skills that skill well yeah in real life uh, i think just as a caveat when you teach your kids board games and you play board games with them all the time as their kids and you're giving them these chances to hone all their skills once they reach a certain age you're not going to be able to beat them at these board games any longer which is very frustrating sometimes because we've been playing Lords of Waterdeep, which is a, you can play one of the reasons because you can play with six people. And we have at least six people most of the time to play. Right. And Augustine and Alan beat me every time now. I used to win that game quite a bit with it just between the four adults. Right. And sometimes when the kids were playing the first couple times they played it. But since then, if those two want to play, I know I'm never going to win because they're both like, totally thinking it through and they've learned from steve and some of our friends and or they just people who, themselves yeah they, right. they they've got these these ideas to think three or four moves ahead and which is a chess thing you've taught them and now they beat you right so you should be very proud of that well the, the game euphoria right now that there's a game that i've never really really grokked in a certain sense I mean, I know if you get the Euphorians and you, you try to get those guys, but the whole idea of... Getting the, on all the markets and yeah, getting your stars engine, down? the engine of, of getting the... The mechanics. The mechanics of it down. I just kind of play willy-nilly, but but my my friend's kid, Alan, and then my R son, they've developed a skill and they're much better than I am, and that's fine. And then, in fact, that's something that you want to happen, right? When you... When you, you teach a, your kid to play a game, just like you said, and they become better than you because because of whatever, because they're more critical thinking. Because, you know, they've been thinking critically from a younger age than I did, right? I would play Candyland till I was probably seven or eight. And they started playing, uh, what is it? They Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride and stuff like that. And then, and then they got more and more complicated much sooner at a younger age. I mean, they were playing Euphoria when they were what? 11. 11 or 10, 12. So when when that kind of stuff happens, the brain, especially kids growing up brains, they really, you know, they... Their synapses start firing yeah, firing in all eight cylinders. <laughs> all eight cylinders if it's a V8, right? So critical thinking is, is a very useful skill to have. And I think both role-playing games and, and board games do that. And, uh, and, and, and we don't even really play really complicated games. I mean, there's some games out there. I mean, if they were playing, we were playing miniature war games or something like that, where they, you really have to develop tactics and all that stuff. We, we did play Gaslands. Remember when Ian went with us yes. or Ian met us there? And we played Gaslands with these people. And Ian and Augustine loved it. They got yeah. out their little, their little measuring sticks. They're, they're not actually rulers. They're different templates, templates yeah. that, that you can do. And they they took to that stuff, and I'm just like looking at it because it's a spatial game, right? Where you're trying to get around the cars and beat everybody. Well, it's a race game for one, right? And then you can shoot each other again. Is it is the other thing? So, but for me, it was the all the little templates I'm all on. Yes. this is a spatial thing, and that's not the that's not Jolene's best thing. It's like playing uh, Star. What is it? Star Truckers. Tr- Star. Which which? Is- you just said it a little while ago. Uh, Starship truckers, <laughs> galaxy truckers. Galaxy truckers. Yes. You have to make that ship, and you have to do it when when everybody's sitting there. And I have a really hard time with it. The guys are like making these great ships, and I have, you know, my ship looks like crap because I can't. Apart. Yeah. So another thing I thought was socialization. Even though people think that people who 
play games are nerds and antisocial for whatever reason. It is, it is, and I mentioned this when we were recording live at the DungeonCon, DungeonCon, yeah. We just had, went to a, a convention two weeks ago. Socialization, I think people have this misguided thing that nerd, that people are nerds who play these games and then they're antisocial. But when we go to conventions, there's people out there who, who you know, they approach our table and, and you know, they're very friendly and we even ask them if they want to play a lot of times if we're starting out or something. If we're aware they're standing behind us. Well, yeah. Or or they'll ask. And they'll be like, yes. yeah. And we've had people we didn't even know sit down and play. We've had many games. And in fact, you know, we've developed a lot of friendships at conventions, right? You know, we have just, I don't know, I'd say hundreds. But yeah, we have hundreds of people we know that I consider friends that. Okay, you might know hundreds. I don't know <laughs> all those people. You know quite a few, though. I'm going the 20s to 30s. Okay, but, uh, that's still a lot of people. That's not a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little bit more gregarious. <laughs> Maybe. Well, so, it is a lot of times when you do go to conventions, you do see some people who are socially awkward. But everybody is socially awkward in some way, right? You don't want to talk to people you don't know. There's the There's that fear factor. You're going to ask if you can play a game and they're going to go, no. And I always feel bad because sometimes we we usually have a full game and people will come up and go, oh, can I play? Because I, I see you're setting that up. Do you have room for another person? And I'm like, no, they just all went to the bathroom. I'm really sorry. Right, right, right. Come back. Maybe I'll, you know, I would give up my seat, but then I wouldn't get to play any games. Right, right. I, but it I, it I does do, happen quite a bit that people ask to play. And like this last convention, I got to teach or refresh people's memories on um, Istanbul. Oh, yeah. And that was fun because, you know, we got to play with different people that hadn't played the game before. Yeah. And and it was it was fun. There, in fact, is you know, a little bit of a socialization is teaching somebody. That's a skill that requires all kinds of different other skills, right? Teaching the game, thinking in, in a certain way, being able to uh, convey the properties of the game or the elements of the game and and so on. So I think I think there's, there's a little big uh misnomer or big problem with people saying that that uh, people who play games are who are nerdy are, are antisocial but that i don't think it's true no it's and not I, true I, especially I, people that play role-playing games i mean there's stores and stuff that people go to specifically so they can meet new people to play games with right so that they can make you know get to do different things so it's definitely not well, if you think about it, the Stanford group is everybody I met going to, to because convention. of games and going to conventions. Yes. All of them. Yeah. So wow. so when the kids are playing games at conventions or, you know, at a gaming store or with their friends and their parents or their cousins and stuff, they're learning those social skills, right? How to, especially board games, how to be a good, a gracious winner and a good loser and how not to be mean to people. Right, that and kind take of your stuff. turn, and all this, and, and and don't talk over other people, and and all these things, and and, and if you're a bad person or, or a not a bad person, <laughs> but but if you're rude and stuff, people wouldn't want to play with you, right? Well, and then if they're their family, they're going to tell you that you're, <laughs> you know, you need to stop doing that. <laughs> okay, so uh, we let's go on to something else. Uh, reading comprehension. That is a great one because when the boys wanted to learn Pathfinder, which was the game at the time that was out, Saul said, well, I guess I can run a game for you guys, but you guys really have to know the rules and you don't read yet. 
two, two, five, and six. The I think they were five because they were in first grade, and they're both in October. So they were five and six. Those two took to that Pathfinder book like there was no tomorrow and figured out those words. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. (laughs) I think they were in first grade. First or second, yeah. Yeah, first grade. So they were five or six. Uh-huh. Right or they might have been seven because they, they 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 were early so right and it was weird because like like some of the words in that in that in those pathfinder books i'm sure my son didn't know exactly what they meant but he he would look he would come up against a word and then look it up in a dictionary and then find no out. he would ask oh he would ask yeah okay because i i don't remember all of a sudden i remember him like all of a sudden like i their vocabulary expanded greatly there's that and then he's like making a character i'm like wow okay I guess this is happening sooner than I thought. Because <laughs> I thought I had a couple of years left to to, uh, to goof off. You guys don't really read yet. I'm okay. Yeah, that was funny. And and you're right. I think, uh, and because he was playing games and stuff like that, I remember, I forget when it was, but but uh, but I just noticed that the vocabulary of, of both our, son, of our sons, of both Alan and Ian, Alan and, and Ian too, but uh, Augustine, you know, they, their word usage was much different, more much more advanced than I remember with other kids or even me as at their age. So reading comprehension is a big, big part. So role-playing games, for the most part, are pretty complicated. I know now you're getting role-playing games that are one page or two pages, but the traditional role-playing game is a big tome of uh, a couple hundred pages. And sometimes they use weird words and and. And, oh, and to represent complex situations and complex actions. So, of course, you're reading, their reading comprehension as children is going to go up. And that's something that's lifelong, right? You're going to, once you, a word goes into your vocabulary, it's in that bank of words that you use. And, and uh, it gets in, and if they continue playing role-playing games, it gets even more and more uh, filled with these words that, it's good to good to know. Not only that, but it's it goes back to the basic fact that if you have a kid and you, I know a lot of people talk about baby talk, right? Where they're trying yeah. to teach the kid to talk, but not really because they're they're you know making sounds at it. Whereas with Augustine and Alan, I still remember when they were like two or three, <laughs> their favorite word was actually because it's I think Saul, Saul or Kathy used it quite a bit because they would always go actually. And then they would say something. Maybe they weren't exactly on to what the actually was, but they would, you know, interject that interject word. it. So when you're talking to kids and teaching kids games and playing role playing games, you're t- you're treating them as if they're an adult at the table, right. right? And the more you do that, the more sophisticatedly sophisticatedly is not a word. The more, more sophisticated, sophisticated their speaking and comprehension and you know, the way that they interact with people around them is going to be. Well, I remember our friend's wife, Kathy, she was a third grade teacher. And uh, she came over one day and was playing with, uh, she has a daughter who's a little bit older than her son. And uh, th- they came over, <clears throat> excuse me, and they came over and they were they were playing in our house and uh, the kids were, and we were talking. And then she started talking to Augustine and then she kind of shook her, you know, shook her head and her eyes bulged a little bit. She goes, wow. He's, you know, this one, he was really small. Uh, I forget how old he was, but he goes, he really, his, his, his vocabulary is really good. And, he, and, and he, like, he's talking in complete logical sentences. And, uh, and she was really impressed. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I you know, we never really baby talk to him. Because the problem with baby talk is that they'll try to mimic what you're saying. 
So that's why you know I think sometimes kids have a harder time uh, learning to speak because they're mimicking you going. Goo, 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 goo. It doesn't make any sense because you're not really saying anything. Anyway, so yeah, so the vocabulary is there is going to be much more extensive, expanded, yeah. expanded or extensive than than people who uh, and kids who are not exposed to that kind of language. So gaming is good for that because, especially with rules, you know, because you got to teach the rules. So you have to explain all kinds of things to people. Right. So then another thing is, is I was thinking just shifting away from those skills is this lifelong hobby, right? We've, we've been playing games since we were kids and I never stopped. I think Jolene might have not played games when she was a late teenager. I don't know. Did you ever stop playing games? <laughs> I've never stopped playing games. Um, I didn't always play, I mean, the board games, and but mostly card games because right. my grandparents, both sets, really like to play Pinochle and Rummy and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I've always been playing games since I was a kid. Yeah. And was- expected to know how, what a, a run, a set, and all that kind of stuff was and being able to play Pinochle and and cribbage and know what you're doing when from when you sit down at the table whether you did or not that was a, a different story <laughs> well like i said i i grew up i'm the <clears throat> i'm the youngest of nine and my next oldest brother is five years older than me so i was always trying to catch up to with them and i always wanted to try i was always that little kid brother that i want to play too i want to play too so unlike most well i don't know if it was because my parents said you know you gotta play with them right uh <laughs> Or what, what it was, but they allowed me to play. And so I was playing poker. And I've mentioned before, I was playing poker when I was like five years old. And and though I didn't know the, like the, what is it? The odds of of drawing a card that completed your flush or your, or your full house and all that stuff. I didn't really know that, but I knew the hands and I knew which wins, which ones beat which hands and all that stuff since I was a little kid. And I remember... You know, we we lived out in the boondocks kind of and uh i mean this is the 70s so there was no cable television there was if once uh the shows went into reruns there was nothing to watch since we already watched everything and there was no syndication at the time so in those in those end of the of the season of tv nights there was absolutely nothing to do and at night in the middle of nowhere you played games with your family, and I remember at the at the the dining table, and we had a formal dining room. We lived in this nice ranch house, and we I remember the the room would be packed with with people, and we're playing poker, and we're playing for pennies, right? Everybody be throwing their, and we'd run around grabbing pennies, and I'd steal pennies from my parents, and uh, we played poker, and then and then that developed me for liking to play games. I think, uh, especially because it was like oh, I was being a uh, big kid or an adult or adult-like. And I think, I think, I look at my son, I remember years ago, uh, we were at the convention and Larry, we had already met Larry and we had played Larry you know, in the middle of the night. And uh, he saw my son and my son was small. I don't know how old he was, like five or six? Probably, maybe a little younger. And and uh, he goes, and he goes, oh, you know, he, I introduced him to Larry, my son to Larry. And, and Larry goes, do you want to play a game, Augustine? And he goes, yeah, sure. And he played poison with them, and he absolutely loved the game, and he learned how to play it, and uh, and I think that that and then after that, my son loved Larry because he Larry treated him like a like a person instead of this. He didn't treat him like a little kid and go, oh yeah, I don't, I'll play with little kids. You know, here's this. You know, he must have been in his 
fifties or sixties, and he's playing with my son. And then he played with my other friend's kids, and they loved Poison. Poison is actually a really fun game. And he always he always introduced them to the games like these nuts. Oh yes, and kids that games that kids would like. Yes, right? yeah, he had a and teenage boys. <laughs> yeah, he had a pretty good idea of what kids liked, and and you know who knows? I don't know what it was. He had a very it was very intuitive for, with the children being able to figure out what would be entertaining to them. So of course he he didn't always speak um he wasn't his 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 language wasn't pg but <laughs> that was okay the boys didn't mind <laughs> and it's not nothing that anything they hadn't heard in like the schoolyard or from their mothers sometimes when they're well, driving well that's that's not <laughs> the driving so so what happens so you know we develop we as an adult develop a really good relationship with our friends at cons like larry and there's a whole bunch of other people that i know that we see all the time jonah and other people and uh and and what's 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 not strange but yes even children that go to conventions and they keep going as teenagers and on and so on there was this very young lady that we met when she was 11 at dungeon con and she wanted to play board games with us and i'm like oh well i don't know but she was like super whip smart as far as playing games she introduced us to like shadow shadow hunters she was playing i forget what other game she played that she taught us and she played ticket to ride but she also played more complicated games and and year after year she would go to the convention and we'd see her and we let's play games and we you know, kind of adopted her and the boys stuff. loved playing with her because she was a girl yeah there's that too that uh, who yeah. was just a little bit older than them so <laughs> yeah i guess she is a little bit older than them. but uh so they develop it for and now they when they we go to, still play with her at yeah the in fact this last convention she was there and and my sons and my sons my son and his friends were like playing games with her and that's pretty neat i think that's that says a lot about conventions but that also says a lot about playing games that that you can develop friendships uh with people that you just play games with and you see every once in a while and i think that's pretty neat i think and it, and it's a, and you you you're uh your shared interest in in uh in playing board games and games can make lasting relationships in that sense and it's not based on oh you what's your favorite football team or based on what what other criteria you have out there that you make friends with how you make friends it's kind of weird how you make friends but i think this is one way of of a very uh kind of intellectual way of of becoming friends with people is that you play games that you that are not necessarily easy it's not tiddlywinks it's not candyland it's because they're, they're complicated and they're make you think i think that's an interesting way of developing friendships over that kind well, of well a lot of people I was thinking about that show that we watched a while ago um, where they were, I think it was World of Warcraft where it was a guild. I'm not sure if it was really World of Warcraft, yeah, but yeah. I remember the show. And I remember Augustine going, that's like me and my friends because we're not a guild, but he plays with all, with kids from middle school, um, oh, yeah. grade school, and then the people he met in high school, and then other people that he just met online. So, but that there's an online you know kids playing games online because that's what a lot of them do these days especially if they're i don't know especially after covid yes well, you're stuck at home <laughs> for two years or almost two so years. you met a lot of people online that yes. way right yes. and you play with them online and that's what we did we shifted our game all our games online even board games you can play online yeah but uh 
But yeah, you're right. And so he has friends that he knows only through playing games. Yeah. Which is kind of weird and strange, but pretty cool at the same time. So I don't know if we actually answered any questions for people about playing games with kids, but we told you a lot of stuff about our experience with playing games with kids and how it helps them to develop. I think there's all kinds of, uh, what is it, benefits of of children and then teens and then uh, adults. They grow into adults just like we are, you know, uh, that happened. But what is is interesting is that people talk about, I don't know where, I've heard this mentioned, but it's, I heard it is that families that eat together, stay together kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. That you, and I guess the whole idea is that there's a time, if you make time once a day for people to, or at least a few times a day, a few times a week or whatever, to be together and talk to each other and, and communicate to each other, then, then the family's better off that way. You know, you're closer together, you're closer knit and stuff like that. But I'd suggest playing the game with your with your family and playing fret, playing games with your kids because this last convention we went to, DungeonCon, my son was 18, right? He could have stayed home by himself. He could have decided that, no, I'm going to go uh, go to the movies with my friends. I'm going to go do, do whatever. Whatever they could have, he could have done, he could have stayed out. But no, he actually asked or actually wanted to go to the gaming convention and and went with us and played games with us and played games with his friends that he knew at the convention. So and the, the idea that, that, that families that play together stay together. I mean, I, and I use that kind of like whimsical, but it's true. I think uh, we meet, you know, our friends, kids went to the convention. Uh, when we go to the conventions, I remember little kids that, that other couples and families took and now they're adults now 18 and in their young 20s and i i just you know jacob i think is a kid's name well he wasn't a kid he's not a kid anymore but he took his he was there with his family and 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 this is a, a guy a kid a guy that i knew as a kid he was a he was a, a young teen i don't think he was in a teenager he was in the uh, preteen when i met him and now he has a family and he brings his family. Don't know, you know, his 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 children are really young, but he likes playing really complicated games and he likes playing uh, role playing games. But his family was there and it's interesting and we'll see if if the, his his family will his kids will play games and stay interested in playing games. So, you know, we we when you go to conventions now, now I was going to say, you know, it's much different now than it was when I was when I first con- convention experience at at sixteen, when I went to Pacificon, there was all, no children, right? No children. There was hardly any women too. But now I see whole families, and you see the the families grow up. And you see, you know, if you go to conventions, I've been going to conventions since DungeonCon since ninety two, I think ninety one, and uh, ninety two, and uh, and you get to see this. You get to see this ho- families going to conventions as as young families and then as as and then you see them you see the kids who are now adults still going with their parents to play games which is amazing to me and as ian told me at this last convention these people some of these people have known me my whole life <laughs> and i'm like going he goes it's really weird sometimes because i've seen them every single year and they have year. known me my whole life and i'm like going that's pretty cool he's like it, you know, I can talk to him now because he's 20, 21. 
will be 22 this year. Yes. And like, he goes, I can talk to them, but when I'm talking to them, I realize that they've known me since I was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is amazing. You're right. I, I remember him saying that. Yeah. I was there. I was, and that's, I think that's neat. I think for them, for him, it was like that realization that, you know, that I don't know what it there was. There are all these adults that, that he knows that he's been playing games with his whole life. And he realized it was like a epiphany, as Michael would say. An epiphany, yes. So that, that's, I mean, and that tells you that going to conventions and playing games centered on this convention, about, and the convention is centered on playing games has an effect on, on, on your kids. And yes. so, and in a positive way, I don't, I don't yeah. think there's any, I don't, anything negative about the situation. So teach your kids to play games as children. And, and hopefully keep, they'll play games with you when you're in when they're keep, adults. Keep playing with them when they're teens, and and you'll find them probably playing games when you're, they're adults with you. So that's pretty cool. There you go. This is gaming perspectives with Saul Angeline. You have a good day.